Hi everybody, I'm Dan Duva, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Golden Knights, and what you're about to hear is Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave. That's right, it's the official Vegas Golden Knights podcast, direct from the team's broadcast voices, Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless, and Dave Gosher. I'll get a word in from time to time, too. At least I'll try. Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave, hashtag SLGND. Our show today begins with stories and observations from the inaugural Golden Knights home opener, the celebration on the gold carpet, the emotional pregame ceremony, and, of course, the hockey. Flower, the real deal, James Neal, and all the rest. We get into stories from the minor leagues, wardrobe and gold suits, topics from around the National Hockey League, plus a numbers-crunching fact check, and somehow we reference both John Adams and Mr. Belvedere. That's right, it's hashtag SLGND, Sheriff, Lawless, and some guy named Dave. And now, here's Dave. All right, Dan Duva, thanks very much. Here we are the day after the Golden Knights home opener, the perfect Golden Knights, by the way. 3-0 and on the season, two road wins, and then the, the emotional home win last night. I'm Dave Gosher, your TV voice of the Golden Knights on AT&T Sportsnet. My partner, Shane Knighty, on television, and Gary Lawless, the Vegas Golden Knights insider. Chipper here on this Wednesday morning. Great to see all you guys. So first off... I'm getting crap because I have my own headphones because I like my Bose fancy <laughs> headphones. And I look down at the sheriff, and he's got a hat with his own nickname right on the front. Did you make that hat? No, no, it was given to me, but, you know, just trying to bring some style to the studio here for you guys. And <laughs> oh I could have brought out my Bose headphones, which do have noise canceling nice to mine. it. Yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that Zayden's shirt you're wearing? <laughs> No, no, it's Dave's. <laughs> they wear the same size, my son. The, the pipes are on full display this morning as well. Oh, I did some push-ups before I got There's in. There's no yeah. need to try and intimidate your uh, your podcast wow. host. I do whatever I can. Wow. Saw you in your underwear this week. We'll get to that later. Well, we're going to get going here on our podcast, uh, the first one. But before we do that, quick reminder, folks, Bill and Carol Foley created the Foley Family and Wine Society to celebrate three of our greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding destinations. And as a member of the society, you will have access to our entire portfolio and properties around the globe. The Foley Family Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. They look forward to hosting your uh, look forward to hosting you during your next visit. Cheers. Speaking of Bill Foley, what a night for his team last night. Three and zero start. And Gary, I guess we'll we'll start with you. And there's lots to get to, obviously, with everything that's happened here uh, around um, Las Vegas. But you know, and, and the team being in the forefront of trying to help people to to heal and, and be um, uh, out there as much as possible to try to make people feel a little bit better. But uh, We've all been fortunate enough, guys, to to witness some pretty special events, be it some pretty special events, I would say, in our careers. And I, I've got to tell you, last night, for me, anyways, was right near. It was right at the top of anything I've ever I've ever been to, from the ceremony right on down. You know, maybe start with Bill Foley because uh, you know it, it. The organization does take his personality on in a lot of ways, and uh, to me, 
you know, the one thing about him that, and I, I won't profess to really know him personally, but from working for the team, this isn't an excuses organization. This is a get things done organization. And, um, you know, there's the, 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 they prepare and they plan. You see that in George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon and, uh, and, and Kerry Bubolt as well. So the, the plans that were set for last night, they had been working on them for a long time. And, and Bill Foley intimately uh, involved in in what it was going to look like, and very quickly after October one, after the the shootings, that script was thrown out and a new one was put into place. And like it's one thing for a, for the Montreal Canadiens or Toronto Maple Leafs to spend the whole off season preparing their ceremony for the home opener and for it to come off without a glitch. It's another thing for an organization to have something in place and to have built something for months, and then in one week throw that script out and create an, a completely new one and one that the not not the hockey world the whole world is watching last night and so like to get it right is one thing to execute it perfectly is another it was poignant it was moving it had the the right mix of eulogy and 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 tribute to it it from beginning to end, it was one of those things where you just uh, you marveled at the work that had gone into making it happen. And then, of course, it's like any concert you go to, the, the performer is a big chunk of the show. The audience is what carries it home. And the fans responded uh, just uh, in in marvelous fashion last night. And it was, uh, listen, I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, there were moments where you're crying. It's uh, they, they really took you to a place. And then there were moments where you had when they showed the first responders all in their in their in their work uniforms at their place of work with Vegas Strong T-shirts or or talking about Vegas Strong. It was uplifting and it was uh, it was powerful. It made you want to go through go through a wall. And if you're new to Vegas, like all of us are, it 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 it, it started to bridge that gap and to bring you home and for to make Vegas your home. I started to think about Las Vegas in the last ten days, not as a place where where I work, but a place where I live. And I think Shane, that's going you know. And first off, you know, hats off to, to Johnny and Aaron and everyone in the in the Golden Knights organization that was responsible for planning that the last night. Team. The entertainment yeah. team. You know, you I'm talk about Gary. It's one thing that you, you know, you so you plan, you plan, you plan. This is the first ever game in franchise history, and then you've got to change everything. Obviously, with what happened, that's not. And how do you find the right notes? How do you balance it being a tribute but also being inspiring? And I, I just can't say enough about um, how they did that. Last night, and uh, you know, we were up in the in the Boucher, not broadcasting the game, but watching it. It was unbelievable, flawless. That, that's the best way. And you know, there, it's tough to find the words. And you you look for this. You always think there's going to be a hiccup here, but it, it could not have gone any better in a difficult situation. Right, right from the start. You mentioned the tribute video to uh, the first responders, and, and it's true. I, I don't think there was any dry eyes. I know. I have no problem admitting mine were leaking, um, and they should. It, that's the and I, I I sent a tweet. I don't tweet much. I said in 17 years as a player and a broadcaster, I've never been in a building with emotion and energy like that. And that's not a slight. I had people upset, and you know I was in Winnipeg. Sure, it was electric when the Jets came back. Passion, Boston, the bombings there. I'm sure it's very powerful. Right. I wasn't there. I was there. I won a Stanley Cup. Well, that pretty much a highlight of my playing career. But for a place that took 
that amount of emotion with people, and you could feel it build, you know, you recognize those that lost their lives, those that were first responders or survivors, and then the anthem. And then the Vegas strong of let's build this back up. And then to script the players, like you can't plan the guys to come out and score goals like that. But to go from that moment to just absolute energy in that building, guys taking over uh, and scoring goals, it was, to me, that was just the perfect execution of what you could have imagined for the first home game in history under those circumstances. Gerard Gallant admitted after the game that he did not expect this to go well. In, yeah. From the well, hockey from, sense. That's what I mean. From the players, yeah, anything. No, he thought that they would be uh, emotionally drained or or distracted or whatever it would be that uh, he didn't, uh, he was really worried about that. And, and then, you know, Noshik scores and uh, and bang. Uh, and I think the Derek England goal kind of almost sealed yeah, the game. We it should was, mention that speech too. Just yeah, well, for tremendous. Sure. Well, you know, that's the kind of the, you, you touched on this, Lawman. The, the interesting one of the interesting dynamics of all this is that for all the players and for most of us, we, we've only been here a month. You know, I mean, some in the front office, and I was, I was very happy for people that have worked for this team yes. for a long time. Cod, Cod Pollock. Cod Pollock's been here three yeah. years. Showed up here when there was no, there was no, right. there, there was nothing. There was no name. There was no jersey. There was no, there was no franchise. There was, there was yes. d- just, uh, you know, just a guy uh, who said, hey, I think I might be able to get a team here. Why don't we see what we can do? And then you know, I think Todd Pollock, Murray Craven, and 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 Bill Foley, you know, they spent all that time kind of trying to generate interest and and get it going all by themselves. Those are three people that I uh, I went out of my way last night to to shake to shake their hand. Oh no, obviously Kerry Bubolts and and McPhee and McCrimmon and right. all of those other people. But uh, those. Todd Pollock for me is, in some ways, was the first star last night because that building was full. He had a lot. He, his fingerprints were on every ticket sold. We, uh, you know, we spent a few minutes with him last night, and he was like a kid on Christmas morning. Like, yeah, we was, got to spend it, it, it was the awesome. Game, yeah, yeah, it was great. You know, and so for all the players, they are new to Vegas, with the exception of one, and it's Derek England. And you know, when he grabbed that mic last night. Uh, so who who there's nobody else that's going to speak more from the heart about what how this has hit this this team than him you know being living here for the last 14 years in the off season and I I thought back to um, you know I was in Boston for the marathon bombings in uh, 2013 and David Ortiz grabbed the mic at Fenway Park and he was a little bit more. Um, he used some more R-rated language, should we say? A little more colorful. Yeah, about yeah. whose city it was. I left out one of the words there. Mm-hmm. But same impact that Derek Anglin had last night in terms of just how proud he is to be from Vegas. This is his city. This is where he lives. You know, he's lived here for a long time in the offseason. But to, that can't be an easy thing. You know, Shane, maybe because, you know, it's not a player's forte. You're going to grab a mic in front of 18,000 people with all the emotion that's involved last night, and he was he was fantastic. And he was nervous about it. Not a guy that that is used to that or comfortable in that situation. I'm a guy that's comfortable talking. I don't know in front of a crowd on the ice. You can play the game there. You get used to it. But to, to do it and do it as eloquently as he did, uh, spot on, man. Just just. Uh, huge props to him. You know, it's it's family. His kids are from his wife. First of all, from here, his kids are born here. He is, you know, he he's a Vegas guy and, and uh, a great speech. And and I did not expect that. To me, that was a that was another big. Well, 
many big moments last night. Yeah, well, and it was fascinating. Let's go back to well before that. Let's go to, to the fan march and to the gold carpet yeah. and, and those experiences because it was it was interesting. There, those were the, the people that bought tickets to the game were hockey fans, and they were coming to a to a hockey game, and they were thrilled that the Golden Knights were going to play that game. And it was on the gold carpet. It was so interesting to to meet these people that were you know in Golden Knights jerseys, T-shirts, what have you, and they were thanking members of the organization for for bringing this moment, for bringing this night. And it was, um, I, I'm really looking forward to Friday's game too because uh, that's going to be. You know, that script that got thrown out, a lot of it, those elements are going to get thrown back in, and it's going to be a real celebration of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, arriving in this town. Well, we didn't have the game on the TV side because it was uh, nationally in NBCSN, so we had um, more more free time, I guess, than we normally would have, quite obviously. And Sheriff and I were standing um, on the balcony where a lot of the you know NHL Network and our AT&T SN was doing their pregame coverage and overlooking Toshiba Plaza. And I, I said, <laughs> I, I said, this is like. I said that night. I said this is unbelievable. Like this is everything you would figure it would be, right? People are, stre- you know, that it's jam- people are waiting. It's jam packed, waiting to get in. People are having a beverage. People are enjoying themselves. When you de- when you design all that, we met last night. Um, one of the construction company that that helped build T-Mobile Arena. And the guy said to me, yeah, this is exactly what we kind of had in our minds was this whole Toshiba Plaza. It's a meeting place for people. And we looked down there last night and said, this is because we don't normally get a chance to see no. that. We're usually busy. So for it to be able to witness that last night was awesome. I'll tell you who got their eyes open last night, too, were uh, all the, the, the brass from the NHL. Oh, yeah. they're standing yeah, we around were. looking and, and, wow. and marveling at what was there. And I'm sure they're like, you know. Okay, what else can we do here? Well, right from, we did the march. So from New York, New York, you march down in the cobblestone, all the bars. And, you know, for us, we're working, but very tempted. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I was ready to stop three or four times. Listen, and Dave had to Guinness. grab my arm. I'd love a Guinness right He almost now. jerseyed me a couple <laughs> times to get out of there, but I was ready to pop in. I was in the mood. <laughs> that's I mean, that's why it's probably best I am doing the games in that, in that situation. But what a phenomenal atmosphere. Yeah, the strip. And we just did one little part, the area that leads. And then you take this left down that leads to Toshiba Plaza, and you got more bars and people, and uh, just a great celebration. Then you go and it's, you know Toshiba Plaza is another party in its own. And uh, like I said, I'm excited Friday. I, I, I'm excited every home game because it brings an element that you can't get anywhere. Uh, you know, obviously we saw a bit of it in Nashville last year with what they did on Broadway, and hey, I'm a big fan of, of Nashville and what they do, but Vegas brings a, their own unique element to it, and um, it sets up for the ultimate fan experience. And Gary, you're right, the NHL brass were there, and they're like, wow. They're this rubbing is, their hands. This is, this is the entertainment you yeah. want. There's more than hockey. There's an entertainment value that teams have, and Vegas, boy, they have all... All those extra tools to use to their advantage. Well, and that's the thing too, right, Shane? Like, it, it's one thing, and we we talked to some people from the league last night. Like, standing right in front of New York, New York, you can do it here because you have all the things that are built in, right? Nashville, they, that's that's really caught fire, especially going you know to the final last year. Sometimes it's going to be hard to do that in Winnipeg. Right when it's twelve degrees out. Well, they build these Boston, sports, Montreal, the, but they build the sports, hospitality, entertainment districts 
they build the rink and then they build all this stuff around right. it and, and it be, it's manufactured. Well, this is completely organic. It's already there. It's already all here. All, all, yeah. And then you put the rink in the middle of it and, <laughs> you know, it, it's... Uh, How can it not be a And good then you time? have the ability to throw Cirque's the sleigh out there at the yeah. first intermission. And, well, you know, boom, boom, man, you know just, they were behind us on the gold carpet. That, that's the the extra well, I, had, I was having this conversation with, uh, with someone from senior management on our team and we were talking about the best arenas. And I was like, well, Edmonton is uh, is pretty awesome. And then the answer was, well, is Edmonton on the Las Vegas Strip? And I'm like, oh, it's actually not. So <laughs> Last check, no, yeah, it, would, no it would not uh, be. It, it has to be immediately one of the best and most most exciting game options in the National Hockey League. So the gold carpet we talked about, uh, uh, we got to get to the... the the get-up that our the the gold shoes? TV call you, uh, uh, Listen, was... I, I love the, your your descriptors. <laughs> Yesterday it was a costume. <laughs> you wouldn't give him any any respect. I, I, the, uh, he told me he bought the belt. He had a gold belt today on. it's a get-up. He paid six bucks for it. Yes, today it's a get-up. I told but, him to uh, get ripped off on the I'll six tell you bucks what, for the gold belt. Though. I have been, uh, I have worked uh, on TV with Shane. Um, actually, we both kind of started together at the same time. And he has, uh, every once in a while, he, he's got a white suit that he pulled out for a whiteout uh, at a playoff game. Is that true? That's oh. just for parties now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 80s parties. I'll throw. I got the pastel muscle shirt for underneath. So, when 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 we first started talking about, I was, you know, hey, what are we going to wear for opening night? And I was thinking maybe I would wear my tux. And Shane was like, oh, I'm going to get a gold suit. So yeah. and your suit had flecks of gold. Yeah, I didn't go all out on the suit, but it still had the. I wanted the the golden knight colors, and uh, yeah. yeah, I had it. Uh, but made. the gold shoes and the yeah. gold belt. Where'd they come from? That, that was just uh, you know what? Thank the internet. It's one night. I'm like, ah, it's tough to. You're not going to go into a store and, and see gold. At least I don't know of a store that sells that. So I just Googled it up, uh, found a place, ordered them, and uh, yeah, it's, it wasn't as hard as you one might think. Was this after, uh, honestly, after a beverage or two? At the, no, at the honestly, it was not. It was just, uh, <laughs> it was not after a beverage or two. It's not like every night, but uh, yeah, it was uh, It was an easy order. But now, now it's got me thinking that uh, it's hard to follow that up, right? Yeah. Did, did, what, do you, what do you got for Friday night? I don't know. Now, now it's like maybe hey, I said, hey, see, that's when I played. You never wanted to set build, the bar too high because then everybody expected you to reach it. Build your Lego after he scored uh, He scored 40 goals one year. Yeah. And there's a he started out slow, and there was a rookie that was hot. And uh, he turned to the rookie and said, hey, don't score, uh, don't score 30. Yeah. Why? Because next year they want 40. Yeah, yeah. they expect so it. They expect we, we, we're expecting 40 nights. Yeah, we'll see what I can do. Maybe when, I would. Maybe uh, maybe like an Elvis jumpsuit from back in the day. What yeah. do you think about that? I don't, I don't think I have the cape. I don't think I have the chest for it. Maybe Gary could. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get the lamb chop side. Burns. I made the mistake of, uh, of mentioning the pipes early in the show, and now I'm now no, I'm, I mean, now yeah. my my physical <laughs> oh, no, attributes are going to get abused <laughs> for the next 60 minutes. All right, I open the gate. I'm, well, this I'm, is. I can uh, handle it. Sheriff Lawless and some guy named him, hashtag SLGND, our inaugural podcast. Talk about scoring goals, and they're going to come to expect it. So how many goals the team scored? Nine in three games, and James Neal's got five. What, you know what James Neal's shooting, the heck with the shooting percentages right now? Uh, I don't know, 75%. Cruising along at a 45% 45%. 45%. So preseason... Who cares? <laughs> I love it, too. <laughs> For a veteran guy. Do you remember when Michael Strahan held out from the Giants? He was retired, and he skipped all the camp, and then they, yeah. they signed him the eve of, of the regular season. He had, like, three sacks in the opener. Uh, but I think we should call James Neal Strahan. 
Well, should be his nickname. I'll let you run that by him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said, um, I want to say it was George McPhee the other day said he, you know, they were pushing to have him ready for the season, obviously for the season opener, but he took a dramatic improvement over the final few days of training camp. And then, you know, we can maybe encapsule the first three games here, guys. Look, it, a couple of their veteran guys, proven players, right, in, in James Neal and, and Mark andre Fleury that, um, you know, Neal's been on fire, five goals already. Um, you know, real deal, James Neal. I, I mean, he's been he's been phenomenal here. So been far. the real deal. He's been the real deal. Yeah. And so, what's that tell you, Sheriff? About you know somebody of of his ilk, proven goal scorer, deep run in the final last year, coming off injury that he can miss most of training camp like he did, not play an exhibition game and come out and be as good as he has been. Not and not only that, but he's the guy. So you know he's been in Nashville. Yeah. There's there's other players surrounding. You got Philip Forsberg, and you, you've got players around him that are going to carry some of that weight. Pittsburgh, obviously, I don't need even to name the names. Uh, but he comes here. He's the go-to guy, and I think. There's a special feeling when you are, as a player, as a competitive athlete, you want to be in that position. And I, James Neal really embraced it. And it is even more impressive, though, that he did not play a preseason game but worked. He's a guy that, I, that trains very hard, uh, great condition. Um, so, you know, his injury didn't, didn't affect him being able to ride a bike and do that sort of stuff. So I think that helped. Uh, the thing that surprised me is the way he came out in that first game and was a physical force. Uh, he was, he's got a little bit of a nasty edge at times to him, which I really like. Uh, we know he's got that finishing touch, and now he's going to be the go-to guy. He's going to get more pucks. He's going to get more looks. Uh, he's going to shoot more. Um, and because of that, I think right now, and the puck's finding the back end of the net, obviously, and things are going his way. But uh, I think he's really embraced being the guy, and uh, I think everybody on this team is. Uh, you never want to leave where you are. You come here with a little bit of chip on your shoulder. You want to prove yourself, and I think uh, he, he's certainly leading the way there. Well, and then on the other end of things, Marc-Andre Fleury. That, so they played three games as of today. They've given up four goals, and he's played all of them. You know, the game, the Dallas game, he, he had to be unbelievable, right? He's 45 saves, 19 in the second period alone. Literally gave them a chance. They hung in there, hung in there, hung in there, and then they scored two goals in the third period. He was he was good against Arizona, I thought. Didn't have to be nearly as good. And then on uh, Tuesday night, they're up 4 nothing. 11 minutes into the game. The game's, by and large, it's over. I know there's a lot of time left, but... They get out to a fast start, but he's been, you know, you're not going to go anywhere without it, right? Consistent goaltending. He's been the, excellent. The one number about Mark andre Fleury that stands out for me above all in his career, it's not a save percentage because it's, you know, middle, not middle of the pack, but it's not, it's not top five. It's his win. It's his his winning percentage. His points percentage. He competes. He, he, he it, if it's six five, fine. So long as the six is for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. That's the that's his mentality and his attitude. His job is to keep the team in the game. That's how he approaches it. Obviously, you know you want to be as close to perfect in stopping the puck as you can be. But uh, I, I was told this beforehand that he was 
just an incredible competitor and takes losing. Like, the, the, the goals don't bother him. That rolls off his back. But after a loss, and we haven't seen this yet, uh, well, actually, I saw it after a preseason game. He, he walked off the ice, and in the dressing room, you know, he kind of slammed his head against a, against a wall in frustration. That was in the preseason. That's that that talking to people around his previous team, at his, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and his management team. That's the big thing that drives Mark Andre Fleury is wins and losses, and that you know when you when you <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the important one <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's uh, well, you know, we get so caught up in you know we heard Jarrod Glant last night. People were asking him about the power play, and he's like, "Well, we, we've won all our games. So what, what do you want me to get mad about here?" <laughs> yeah, you know, and they and, scored the power play, and they play scored, and they, and they had great movement against Arizona. The power play, actually, uh, the special teams. I think they've done a really nice job with those two that part of their game. I, yeah, I think yeah. chances overall, they've had a lot. When you look at all these games, they could have a lot more goals for, and uh, they're able to get it going last night. But, uh, yeah, Mark, talked about two guys that have been very key, Neil and Flurry, and those were the guys that were expected to kind of be the, you know, the faces here of the franchise, and they certainly have performed in these first three. So Neil has five goals in the first three games uh, with the Vegas goal of the Knights, the last player to do that with an expansion team. Real Bloody Real Buddy Cluche had uh, the same number in uh, 7980 with the Quebec Nordiques. And the other big stat now that it, that people are talking about is the Vegas Golden Knights yeah. are the first expansion team ever to go 3 and 0 out of the gate. Yeah, he's never and Neil, uh, we looked at it last night. Neil's never scored 5 goals in the first 3 games of the season in his career, even when he scored 40, even when he scored 40. Yeah, so it's it's been a phenomenal start for him. Vegas Golden Knights 3 and 0. This is uh, Sheriff Lawless and some guy named Dave. Uh, some guy named Dave. Hashtag SLGND. Our podcast and our first podcast, the Vegas Golden Knights, three and zero so far this season. Wins in Dallas and Arizona, then home against Arizona, and what was a very emotional home opener at T-Mobile Arena on Tuesday night. Fans, are reminded for you that uh, don't fight for a parking space when you're going to see the Golden Knights. Purchase your parking in advance through the Park Mobile app and score your perfect spot at the preferred parking garages of the Vegas Golden Knights. Visit www.lasvegas.parkmobile.com. That's lasvegas.parkmobile.com to reserve your parking today. So, Vegas Golden Knights, so far so good. 3-0. A couple of uh, more games coming up later on this week. The Detroit Red Wings here on uh, Friday night and then the Boston Bruins here on Sunday. La- last night, uh, Tuesday night, was game one of a lengthy homestand. Seven-game homestand for the Golden Knights that will take them... Well, not to the end of October, but pretty close before they go out on the road for a long time. So I was taking a peek at it this morning, guys. So there are five teams in the NHL, and some teams have only played a couple of games, but five teams without any blemishes on their record, right? Vegas at 3-0, and along with Toronto. You've got St. Louis at 4-0, and and then New Jersey, which surprised me, <laughs> 2-0, and uh, the LA Kings at 2-0. and So we wanted to... Um, take a a little bit broader look around the NHL and just teams that are off to these good starts and and Sheriff maybe I'll I'll go to you first Um, St. Louis Blues who you know a team that some changes in you know last season different you know Mike uh, Ken Hitchcock out Mike Yo in 
and so far off to you know a terrific start uh, coming off another win last night what's what's impressed you about the blues so far i think they have a, a structure within that organization of the way they play they've been a very good team for a long time and yeah they've changed coach ken hitchcock out mike yo in last year and uh they made some changes, but there's a core. I think Alex Petrangelo, the defenseman, is a, you know one of the top. He doesn't maybe get as much as he should. You know they lose Shattenkirk, but they're they had per, they could afford to. They have Pareko. Uh, they've got some real good defense there. I think Jake Allen is the key, the netminder for them. And then, uh, well, maybe the biggest key is, and we were just talking about it. Uh, James Neal here. They have Vladimir Tarasenko, who to me is one of the. One of the best shooters in the league. His ability to change the angle, shoot the puck so accurate. Uh, he, he just he can do it in stride. He's a powerful guy. Um, and he'll be, again, you're going to see him near the top of that scoring race this season. But uh, St. Louis is, uh, you know, maybe a bit of a surprise, but it still is early and, and maybe not because there is definitely a core and a structure to that team that's uh, consistently there. I wonder about the goaltending with that team, Lawman. I, I don't know what you think about it, but that's kind of been their Achilles heel, right? The last few years. Elliot or Allen. Allen struggled. And then you remember remember Doug Armstrong with the, you know, the controversial decision to leave him home Mm -hmm. on a road trip uh, in the middle of late last season. And Marty Brodeur got together with him and was, was working with him. And then he got quite hot after that and helped, uh, help them get back into the into the playoff picture and uh, you know a lot of pressure on Mike Yo there he's replacing Ken Hitchcock and that was planned to happen this year they're 4 and 0 that that whole central division is uh, is really interesting you know and it is one of the most competitive in the NHL and you've got three teams at the top that a lot of people had out this year St. Louis Chicago and Colorado and they're you know they're they're at the top of that about of that division, and you can't. You might say, "Oh well, it's only four games." You can't start slowing the NHL right now. You, you no. if you're out, you stay out. It's so hard with the with the three point games. It's so hard to get back in. Well, the Hawks too, right? So they, you know, there's, there were some as you say the <laughs> question: what direction are they heading in? Right? You know, they were out in the first round the last couple of years. They put, they put up ten on Pittsburgh. I know it's a tough back to back. Penguins, yes. Stanley Cup banner ceremony, home opener. They lose to St. Louis. They fly to Chicago. Chicago sitting and waiting for them. But still, you put up ten, 10 against the back to back defending champs. Um, and then they were at it again. Uh, Chicago was last night um, with a big win um, over Montreal. The Canadians, by the way, to be my Boston bias. A shame that one and three. <laughs> <laughs> I know so it, things have not been good in Montreal, and uh, I like Claude Julian more than I could tell you. But what a shame that they're one and three so well, far. Galchenyuk on the block. They say yeah. he's on the fourth line there. Yeah, he got moved gonna, to the fourth. Get the, the people are talking about they may they may move him. Colorado. The, yeah. Well, you, every time you look at. Uh, at a, at a young forward getting moved, you have to think about Duchesne in Colorado and whether or not that's uh, the, he's. That's not what Colorado wants, though. They want D. They've got they've sure. got young forwards. Yeah, yeah. top four D and a prospect. But top four yeah, D. I pick. love it when people talk about trading for a top who four doesn't D. want who, a top four who, D. Who gives them away? Exactly. You know, we <laughs> yeah, saw exactly. Kevin Shoveldayoff deal with that with Jacob Truba last year. Of course, he wasn't going to trade him. Like no. the last time we saw one. Was Seth Jones and uh, and, and Ryan Johansson, and that was uh, yeah, the purest of hockey deal that you just really don't yeah. see anymore. Yeah, the um, Toronto Maple Leafs three and zero big comeback the other night against the aforementioned Hawks. I got a right? text from a columnist in Toronto last night. See you in Toronto in June. 
when the Leafs host the Golden Knights in the final. <laughs> I love the optimism. That's this awesome. That's, oh, that's you know fantastic. what? Hey, this Toronto team's fun to watch. They're very dynamic. Uh, a lot of young talent. Uh, they can score. It's uh, I, my, I forget what exactly Mike Babcock's uh, quote the other day, but something about yeah, it's fun hockey, eh? But uh, yeah, I don't. It's not exactly the way I think. You know what? You see a lot of this early in the year. Coaches will adjust. Uh, I think as much as we love to see these goals, it'll start to to trend downwards as uh, everybody makes adjustments defensively. There's been a lot of them, right? Like six yeah, five, yeah. eight five, ten one, ten one. The, the <laughs> Leafs have scored 19 goals. Yeah. They have a uh, they have a plus nine differential. They've allowed 10. And what Chicago, Chicago scored eight, 21. Yeah, but I know 10 of them came in one game. I but uh, it's still a lot of goals. Yeah, I don't know how you, no matter how you. Well, the Leafs, yeah, well, they eight five over the Rangers, and yeah, so Rangers were down five to two, came back and tied the game, and then lost eight five. Let me throw a curveball at you, since we're talking about uh, about all of these teams. There's this great surge of young players: Mark Shifley, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid. Uh, Braden Point there in uh, in Tampa off to a great start. There's a ton of ton guys. Take McDavid out of the mix. <laughs> Because he's, if he's not, he's certainly the best young player, and some will argue that he's competing to be the best player. Oh yeah, with Sidney Crosby, who do you want if you can have any of those young players? Is oh, it Matthews uh, for you? Yeah, I think right yeah. now it's Matthews. Uh, you know, obviously I watch Mark Shifley a lot. Incredible player, but I Matthews does things with power at a young age. We saw yeah. it last year, nineteen. He's, he's like a man already, and uh, he thinks the game. Uh, I, there was possession stats about playing against Keith and Kane in, in that Chicago game that he was still just dominant all game long. And then you give him the puck in those key times. I think he's a clutch guy, too. He, he wants scores the better than, yeah. than people give him yeah, credit for. Yeah, he house. does. He's got a better shot. We always hear, you know, it was him and Liney last year. And Liney's shot is out of this world. You just can't teach that. But I think yeah, at the same time, let's not discredit Matthews for what he can do. He plays a tougher position, playing center, more responsibility, uh, can shoot the puck. And there, there's a quiet confidence to that, uh, to him. And uh, he just plays a man-style game. And boy, he's... Uh, He's impressive to watch. I think he, right now he's at the top of that pack for the for those young players. Yeah, the, you know, the overtime of McDavid. goal, overtime goal the other night against Chicago, <laughs> two on one, game over, like right over the shoulder from right. There's left not side. much room up top. No, the two no. guys for me are 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 Matthews and and Patrick Liney, and for me they're the modern day version of uh, yeah. of Brian Trotche and Mike Bossy. Oh boy. And uh, Matthews is a bigger, stronger version of Trache, but uh, Trache was underrated as, as a scorer, but he did everything all over the ice. And Bossy at that time was, you know, the, had the purest shot we'd, we'd ever seen. It was, uh, and then Line all of a sudden has, you know, similar abilities. And the battle is, of, is obviously do you want the centerman or do you want the winger? And everybody gravitates to the center, obviously. I'm really fascinated to see how the two guys develop because. Um, I, you know, I think Matthews, if I was going to pick which of those organizations was going to win first, it would be Toronto. And that, whichever one can win a Stanley Cup first, will really give them, a, that, that'll add a lot of steam to that argument. Both those teams very similar when you talk about Nylander, I think, and Nikolai Ehlers. And, and yeah, you go on and on. Two very talented young teams. I'm going to bring it up a deck. I'm going to say they kind of com- 
remind me of Crosby and Ovechkin, but yep, that's sure. just yeah. because, you know, Matthew's got that all-around game, and Liney's just that dynamic shot that just, you, you can't teach it. That there's something that there's unique. You watch Ovechkin and what a start he's had to this season. Three uh, goals and then four. Th- three and four, yeah, that's not bad. Some <laughs> some would call that a career. Uh, seven goals. I'm not going to mention any names around here. Uh, but, yeah, those uh, those guys. And then... McDavid is at another level. He really is, and and you can't compare him to anybody else. No. And and you can't compare him to Crosby. Two different players, completely different style players, both uh, exceptional. And right now, Crosby, when he win back-to-back cups, he's number one, but McDavid will be the best player. Let me ask you this, because it's easy to say, you hear guys say, oh, I want to win, I want to win. But you sense it in in people from the outside in a different fashion. You knew Caves wanted to win. Yeah. You knew Crosby wanted to win. You knew they were going to bend their games in whatever direction they needed in able in order to achieve that. Do you see that in Connor McDavid? I think so. Yeah. He's, he's got more of a, an exceptional. Well, he skates at another level. Reminds me of you know if you take a probably go. Someone said they think he's the greatest skater of all time. Well, I, I heard a, a scout who's been around a long time compare it, said they've not seen anybody skate like that since Bobby Orr. Since Bobby Orr? Yeah. So when Bobby Orr dominated, and that's what it looks like. But in today, it and, and this is nothing, I, Bobby Orr to me is you know, one of the best. And if you, what he did as a defenseman in this league. Yeah. But you watch old tape of that, right? And you're like, wow, he's like, he was the only one who could skate that. Now you watch Connor McDavid in, in an era where we talk about the games faster than ever, and he still looks like he's he's found a, a level that we didn't think was possible right now. The goal he scored in their season yes. opener, oh. where he started in his own end and just took off like he was shot from out of a mark. cannon from the hash marks and left everybody in the dust. Somebody, I don't know how they, they, they tabulated, but somebody said he was going 25 miles an hour. Think about to, that next time you're in your car. Like 25 yeah. miles an hour. You have to figure out when I think for McDavid, there is going to be a switch that I think he's figuring out, boy, I'm really good. I'm better than a lot of guys. There's going to be a, a, a switch that goes on with him that says, no one here can play with me. I, I, I can, I can completely control a game every shift. Yeah. And that it's amazing. You know, when you think a, a player only has the puck on his stick or dominant player only has the puck on his stick for like what? 90 seconds in, in a, in a game. It, it, it McDavid can find a way to get it and handle it and dominate for such big stretches. Yeah, well, and to do it at top speed, <laughs> he doesn't need it very long if he's skating because he can get one end or into a hole. His his edge work is different, and he's got. If you watch him skate, it's not always like strides, long, smooth, or quick strides. He's got that lateral speed where it's two strides crossover, two, and you see that new. That's that lateral stride speed that you get from players rather than just straight ahead. And uh, he does it better than anybody working his edges. Hey, the other guy we touched on, um, Ovechkin, who last year had the lowest goal total for him since, uh, you have to go back, the 09-10 season. Second lowest goal total of his career last year. 33 goals, and we mentioned he had seven in the first two games. He's got seven in the first three now. Um <laughs> Where is, is he? I don't want to say he's at a crossroads, Sheriff, but where do you, you know, the Capitals, it's the same old story, right? Great regular season team, can't, can't get out of the second round. The core of that team of Backstrom and Ovechkin and, um, you know, others that have come Carlson. In, Carlson, Alsner when he was still yeah, there, Holtby. Holtby now, have never got past the second round. Nope. So 
you know, and I know the conversation is it really it's you know, and it's a long ways away to get to April in the postseason. But it doesn't really matter what they do in the regular season nope. as long as long as they get to the playoffs. But I wonder, you know, I read there was an article I think in the Washington Post about how. In their exit meetings last year, they had a conversation with him about um, his commitment to fitness. You know, I think they felt he was heavy last year, wasn't in shape. He came in at 238 last year. Yeah. He did that, and he's only done that a handful of times in his career. Most often he came in at 235. He came in this year at 233, and uh, they, you know, that that was the, the request that was put on him. Yeah. And he's start coming out of the gate hot. And, you know, it's... it's as great a goal scorer as, as he is, and he's, you know, he's the greatest goal scorer, I, I say, of this generation. He's been unbelievable. Four straight Richard trophies until last year. Um, I wonder where he is with his career right now. Does he, after what happened again last year, is he, you know, in his own mind, all right, look, you know, this isn't going to happen anymore. I don't know from a player standpoint. Well, how does he approach this? Factor in that he's not going to the Olympics this yeah. year. Yeah, maybe that maybe the, that gold medal was really important to him, and it's probably not. Uh, he's not. He's not playing in the Olympics in eight years. No, right. This was his last kick at the can in that regard. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna weigh on him as well. He certainly looks driven. Uh, your yeah, first two games, he's, he looks like he's driven to succeed. And the thing is, though, that's gonna hang over them and, until they get past that hurdle of the second round. Uh, they're gonna be known as a very good team. He's gonna be known as an extremely talented player, one of the best goal scorers ever to play in the NHL. Uh, but he will have that hanging over his head if he cannot take it to that next level. So um, it, it's fun to watch, uh, you know, playing against him, one of the best competitors, uh, because he always had a, a physical element to him. He liked that side of the game, and then he did not need any time. He has such a great ability. I'd love to see how many goals he scored from that one-time position. Yeah. You know he's there. You know how to cover him. You pre-scout him. You, you watch video. It's just like all the other good players. They still find a way. I would like to have seen him play like, you know, he gets compared to Gretzky and Lemieux. I like, imagine him in their airs. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, he sco- about- scored at, a, at an incredible rate in a dead puck era. And the way the game was played in yeah. in the 80s, when yeah. Gretzky was having his heyday, you know, it was like uh, defense was non-existent. Goaltending was non-existent. No offense to... You know, Grant Fuhr and Billy Smith and yeah, uh, right. and that elk. They were good athletes and competitors, but not they weren't coached and their the equipment wasn't the they same. They weren't six seven. No, like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, our first podcast here, hashtag S L G N D Sheriff Lawless. Some guy named Dave. Dave Grocer, Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless, your uh, TV team for the Golden Knights on AT&T SN. Gary also our Golden Knights insider. The Golden Knights 3-0 and so far this season. Uh, looking to improve upon that later on this week with a couple of more home games at T-Mobile Arena. Reminder for you that Rock Creek Cattle Company is a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. This working cattle ranch sits on 28,000 acres of land and has a little something for everyone, including a world-class golf course, fly fishing, which uh, the lawman, I think, has done up there. Uh, hunting, horseback riding, and more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available now. For more information, go to rockcreekcattlecompany.com. You come around the corner there, or over the hill, the mountain, and uh, there it's a it's a it's a steel gate, like a, just a, a cattleman's gate, and uh, and a dirt road that leads you in there. 
and uh, you're going along, and then all of a sudden, our bus driver sort of, you know, yells at us, "Hey, everybody, look to the left!" And there's a herd of elk, you know, coming over, coming over the rise. And then you get to the clubhouse, and it's uh, uh, state of the art, and the, the food was fantastic. The cocktails, the wine list. Uh, obviously, Bill Foley, a, a huge wine guy. The cabins were. Uh, 12 star like it was we sat up late one night in the uh in the basement of of one of the cabins on a uh, it's a walkout basement and it was a, a steel a, a stone deck and there was a creek running down uh just below our feet and uh you know you got a fridge that was full of cold beer we had a bunch of laughs this was uh a I want to go back. I want to live there. Why would you ever want to leave? I want to go back for a long stretch. (laughs) So uh, if you're thinking about uh, about booking something, it's it's the vacation of a lifetime. The golf course is 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 one of the top 100 in the United States and would be way higher, except it doesn't have uh, it it doesn't have championship pedigree. There's never been a major there. There never will be a major there. It gets about a thousand rounds a year, so uh, it is as private as private gets, and it's fantastic. Did you go fly fishing? I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I no did go fly Say fishing. No. <laughs> Ninety comes from this part you of Manitoba you me, no. where you take a piece of meat and put it on a hook and throw it in there, and you know any dumb fish Ocean, can too, come, al- come along there and take it. There's an art form to fly fishing, Shane, and it's not about it's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah. Is that, that sounds, I don't know. I wasn't invited. That's, so, my, that's uh, my way. That of, sounds like a camouflage way of saying you didn't catch crap. I caught, I, that's my way of saying I caught about a four. I was gonna say, I four inch brown tread. Hey, it's on Twitter. I, can't I photographed you it. You kept it. I can't believe you would. Well, I, tr- I released it. Oh, okay. All it's right. a beautiful little brown tread. <laughs> See, little the key word in that one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Well, I'm hoping we can get there, Dave. That description sounds fantastic. Yeah, we haven't been invited. No, yet. There's no. I wouldn't hold your. I wouldn't hold there. your breath, yeah. boys. I, yeah, I would say I, I'm not. I'm not at all. I might suffocate. Um, the pecking order around here. Yeah, boy, yeah. we know where we stand. Oh, absolutely. I'm bringing Duva this summer. Speaking of. So Dan Duva is our celebrity guest today. That let's talk about lowering the bar of the, <laughs> the celebrity <laughs> word. But uh, I guess no, no. Oh, I'm just hello, joking. Dan, Dan, I'm Dan, just joking. Dan, remember at the end of the show, you're gonna total up the mistakes, and you get the last word. Yeah, so right. even if he's right about a couple of things, you can call the mayor. Dave right under the bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dan Duva is the radio voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. Welcome, Dan. Hello, guys. Dan's also kind of running the. He's running the board. He's making sure this is actually shut your mic off. Recorded. <laughs> Dan's, yeah, he can Dan's, shut your mic off. Dan's the only one of us that can't be qualified as useless. Yeah, he knows how to run all this this crap. Turn I, some I dials. Even, I don't even know where to start. I'm fooling everybody. I'm just pretending getting, back yeah, here. I had trouble getting internet. <laughs> this is recording. Is this actually recording? I, I, I hope this so. We'll not. find out later. The, the conversation before we went on air of Gosher trying to figure out how to get a personal hotspot <laughs> on his phone. Oh, how do you work? I think we'll have to save that for the outtake. Somebody help me. Anybody? Pico? Somebody? Anyone? <laughs> Pico abandon us. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he didn't want to stick around. So I can't blame him. So it's a rayish sunshine every day. Duva, I have had the pleasure of working the third period uh, of every game with you so far. And uh, uh, last night's the first night I didn't get to hear you call the winning goal. <laughs> Because right. uh, the Golden Knights were so far ahead. But yeah, it, was it happened J- about six minutes into the game. Yeah, so James Neal again, though, with the winner, which is, uh, is, is remarkable. Tell us what it has been like from your perspective. Of uh, you know the, the drama has been, uh, you're obviously very good at your craft, but uh, you've been given some good tools to work with. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that means that 
I have a fun job in the first place. But when you can throw in the excitement of how things have started here, uh, you know, to come from behind victories, to put together everything that's happened with the pregame ceremony and then the hot start in the, the first home game, I mean, that's off the charts. And then the only hope is that you find the right words to capture the moment. And the players are, 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 are making it a lot of fun for the fans, but also our jobs here as the broadcasters, it's a heck of a lot easier and more enjoyable, I suppose, when when they're writing a script, they're living out a script that Hollywood producers would turn away because it's so unbelievable. Hey, uh, what's this been like for you? So you spent eight years in the minor leagues, right? The East Coast League, the AHL, and... and uh, Hold on a second. I, I hate that term. Uh, the the that? American Hockey League is not a minor league. <laughs> Look, I spent five years in the AHL. I spent ten. Well, there you go. I spent Nigel's, two years in the Nigel's East Coast. Nigel, let's run down your no, minor league resume. No, we can't call it the minors. Well, which league do you want to pick? I mean, <laughs> have you done the IHL? No. See, I have. We've all done ECHL. I was in the I. I did. I was in West Virginia. The I, the Colonial. Yeah, the ECHL, which everybody still calls the Coast, but it hasn't been officially the East Coast Hockey League in well over a decade. Do you remember the Atlantic Coast League? They called it the AC Delco Loop. The Maine Mariners were in that one. When I was in the East Coast Hockey League, the nickname for it was because uh, there was a salary cap in the league, and you could get around that cap. Mm. They used to call it every once in a while the Everybody Cheese Hockey League because yeah. uh, guys with five, you know, you on the cap you'd get. Uh, I mean, this is twenty. This is over twenty years ago. You'd get X amount a week. I'm going to make it up. You know, sixteen hundred a week. Well, that'd be high. Twelve hundred a week. And you'd find five hundred in your shoe after practice. So mm. they had that ways. There were ways to get around they that. They bumped back that then. per diem, maybe. Maybe NHL and level per diem. The team the I was with league. did not do it quite honestly, but there uh, were some others that, you know, that, I, they I, didn't skirt it. I was know? I was working in Thunder Bay, and there was a kid, Jason Firth, who had like a hundred points in the in the Colonial Hockey League. So they gave him a chance to go to the Manitoba Moose or the PEI Senators back and forth for a couple of years. He had a chance to to move up to the American League or the International League, and he always showed. Showed up like a, about a, a two or three weeks into the season, and there was no transaction. He would just show up the next day. First, he what happened? Ah, they wanted me to quit smoking. They wanted me to kill. They wanted me to kill penalties. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to score. <laughs> the miners were um, in the ECHL. We think about it as a joke when a guy gets traded for a bag of pucks. That's actually not too far from reality. That's right. That's right. We had a in uh, Providence. I was doing the Providence Bruins, and they won the Calder Cup in 1999. And they had a, a guy, um, John Spoltor, God rest him, terrific guy that uh, passed away tragically from cancer in 2010. Young family, and um, but in any event, he had, he was playing for Louisiana in the East Coast League. Oh, what a great Lafayette, spot. Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. And he was an All Star at the East Coast Hockey League level. His season ended in 1999, the spring of 99. The Providence Bruins wanted to, he was an offensive guy, 100-point guy in that league. They brought him up because his season had ended in the East Coast League, and he coached big goals for Providence on their run to the Calder Cup. Next year, he came up um, mid-season, right? And all-star break, he went back to Lafayette, Louisiana. He's making more money. Never to be seen again in Providence <laughs> because he was making so much money well, playing in the East Coast Hockey League. What was Brad Sauer? Brad Lauer used to get... Yeah, uh, there was a ton of guys. Brad, the, the, the Las Vegas Thunder were in the were in the International Hockey League, and he was property of the Ottawa Senators. And with the tax difference uh, and the fact that he got paid so well and the currency uh, exchange, the, the U.S. dollar worth more than... He'd get recalled by the Ottawa Senators and say, no, no thanks. 
Yeah. I, well, I, I don't want to take the pay cut, and I don't want to go live in Ottawa rather than live in Vegas in the middle of the winter. Yeah. So, uh, anyways. Not uh, a dummy. Almost 700 players who have played in the East Coast League have now reached the NHL. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it's yeah, awesome. Y- uh, you go. You better love hockey. Well, yeah, we're sitting with one right here. Shane is right yeah. here. I started in uh, Bat Rouge Kingfish. You're talking about Louisiana. I remember that team. They were, that was... Was no Pierre one. McGuire there? Pierre McGuire was my head coach. I was there only three months, but, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, you know, people. Uh, Pierre was really good to me. He, he gave, he's first person who ever said to me, "You can make it." And uh, yeah, I just thought of this. Uh, we were walking out of the rink in uh, in Arizona the other night, and Ty Domi was standing there, and his uh, son Max Domi was uh, obviously plays for Arizona. And uh, I, I know Ty a little bit. He he played in my hometown in junior. But I just was thinking, did you ever uh, did you ever lock horns with? Yeah, Ty? we did. Not not by choice. Uh, twice, mm-hmm. I believe, I had to. Uh, we had to drop the mitts together. So. And I've always told, I remember the one fight, he, he used to get in the spin, so you were good until he started to spin. And, hey, I was a guy that just, I, I was willing. and I was never great. I, I had some good ones. Uh, probably my best year was the IHL. But uh, in the NHL, yeah, and Domi, I remember I got really Did you hit him? Good, I got a real good left on him. And I say, right now, I'd do just as much damage punching the wall. Uh, it's <laughs> there was the he had man. well you saw the size of his head man yeah. and he was he was as tough as they came hey uh, he could hit too though oh yeah so Dan what's so when we never get back to what's this been like for you <laughs> right you know yeah. so well you go from Syracuse New York right. to Las Vegas Nevada uh, the the climate change is significant yeah you know the uh, the, the the great towns of, of the northeast where I've traveled for minor league hockey in the ECHL and in the American Hockey League uh, you guys chatted earlier about how the NHL has been dreaming of a team in this city to plop an arena in Las Vegas, known internationally as an es- uh, entertainment destination. So that that is a culture shock. Uh, I, I enjoy being in the community and, and living near the arena. It's soaking in a new community is, uh, is something Young, I enjoy single, doing. single, living on the Vegas Strip. Right. How bad can yeah. it be? That's Duva unbelievable. Gets, gets to Vegas, gets himself a brand new Camaro. Yeah, he bought a Camaro. Con- That's right, Condo too. on the Strip. What's next? You only make the jump to the NHL. Is there room once. for us if we need to crash over there? <laughs> sure. Be great after yeah. a game. I think we can arrange yeah. that. But, so Duva is in a long line of of um, Syri- you know the Syracuse broadcast factory, right? With from Marv Albert Uh-oh. to Bob Costas to Sean McDonough to Mike Tarico, Chris. Now Berman's a Brown guy, right? Chris Berman went to Brown. So now you got Dan Duva that's in those. Your, your predecessor, right Bob McGillicott, is with uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, correct? Yep, Blue Jackets. Yep, yeah. Bobby did the, the Syracuse Crunch and the Syracuse Chiefs AAA team for uh, about 10 years. He did both. Yeah. Oh, he did the Sky Chiefs, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no mm-hmm. kidding. Jeff, I, I just want to know when do we stop seeing all the Syracuse clothing? It's unbelievable. Maybe you can get the sheriff line of clothing. That's right. Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the lawman to brand out. <laughs> I'd like a sheriff hat. The lawman's going to brand out. They'll sell it at uh, the Thornton Mellon, big and tall. <laughs> you recall Thornton Mellon? That's from back to school. Call me when you have no class. That's one of my favorite. We got. We, we're going to talk comedic actors uh, in our next segment because yeah. we saw a little uh, of comedy. But so I've been oh. running some of these things through my head and uh, back to school. Hey, uh, not uh, bad. So you did what? Seven? All the exhibition games? Seven of those? Yeah. Four more in the regular year? Uh, what's the biggest change been for you? I mean, take the you're in the NHL part. I, of it out has it been some of the press boxes are in a different zip code what's the what's, <laughs> what struck you the most well, you know Syracuse 
case, the War Memorial, they filmed some Slapshot there. It's a building that opened in 1951, and it is a bandbox. They seat about 6,000, but the crowds are often larger than 6,000, and it was rocking for the Calder Cup Finals last year. But the broadcast perch, you've seen it if you've seen Slapshot. It is hanging over the ice almost. It's the, the gondola, uh, the gallery, they call it there. And uh, you're right on top of the ice. If you just uh, suck one down and spit out a Luka, you can get it on the ice. Uh, same thing in, like, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, <laughs> for instance. Yeah. Not that I've tried, but, you know, you can kind of measure the distance. That's how close you are. So to be uh, in uh, not only higher press boxes, but much larger press boxes. In Syracuse, you'd have a hard time sticking both arms out and not touching two walls. They've got those crazy concrete barriers there as well. Right. Oh, yeah. I have hit my head. I hit my head, and I actually I got knocked out, and I woke up, and Dave Brown, the great Philadelphia Flyers enforcer, was kind of tapping me on the, like, wake, <laughs> trying to wake me up. And, and I so if I came to, and he goes, Lolly, I didn't hit you, I swear. <laughs> I had walked right into one of these, yeah. you know, these huge concrete beams that every 10 feet you've got to duck. And uh, my phone rang, and I went to answer my phone, and I didn't duck. <laughs> And boom! I, I guess I, I shouldn't was, laugh. I was cut open. It was terrible. Oh yeah, the, the 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 there are lots of stories about those rafters and who has walked into them. So it's kind of like a, an honorary thing. Eric Nielsen played for the Crunch for a few years. Tough guy. He's played for a bunch of teams in the American Hockey League. Fan favorite. Uh, he, he put himself uh, in the conversation to be on a billboard to kind of mock. Uh, a supermodel with a, a telephone for a good time called. It was the Syracuse Crunch ticket number. But he's coming up to the booth. He was scratched one night. He's going to do the TV broadcast with me early in the season, this 2012. And he's coming up from the other end of the ice, so not the end that I'm coming from. He sees me coming from one direction. He's coming from the other direction, and I see from about maybe 60 feet away, bam, wax his head. <laughs> and, and we're about to record a pregame show. And he comes out, all right, D's, let you call me D's, right? Dan Duva, two Ds. All right, D's, let's go. I'm like, Eric, like, you're bleeding. You can't go on TV. He's like, nah, I'm fine. Like, dude, you gotta, you gotta go see the trainer. He needed stitches. <laughs> <laughs> so he, came, he went downstairs. He got patched up, and he was back for the first period. We should, we can have fun with that one night. We should do a Syracuse Crunch. Uh, Tough guy, uh, your favorite, the, the John Morastis oh of the my world. Gosh. Yeah. Zen and Kanopka. Zen and Kanopka. We can yeah, have some fun list, with that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We'll do that on another show. Well, Dan, so far so good. Uh, you're you're three and zero, oh, so that's good. Yeah, you can do all the games. Yeah, Easy that, that works. Piece of cake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's going to continue, but so far it's, oh, it's been. Uh, they're they're it's making been awesome. it exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's for that's sure. Been great. Well, this is our first podcast, as we said. Hashtag SL. What is it again? Hold on one second. S-L-G-N-D. S-L-G-N-D. Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave. Thanks, thanks, Dan. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Have my back. I appreciate Broadcast it. Broadcast support. Yes. Hey, quick reminder before we get to our our last segment in uh, Shane and I's acting debut the other day. <laughs> <laughs> that if you're looking for a new place to eat with the family and... Uh, we might wear this place at least three, maybe three days a week, maybe more than that, or grab a drink with a friend. While watching some hockey, try McKenzie River Pizza, located right at City National Arena in downtown Summerlin. Uh, this pizza location, great spot, right between the twin practice rinks in downtown Summerlin. Brand new restaurant, full-service bar, overlooks both sheets of ice, where the Vegas Golden Knights practice. For more information on the restaurant, go to McKenzie River Pizza. Full-service bar. I've always wondered about that take. 
I don't know. Like, like, what do you need? You need beer, mean? booze, wine. Yeah. That's about it, right? You, and someone you expecting a self-serve? Well, I, that'd be fine. I yeah, was self-served awesome. last night. I've done night. that before. Uh, at the party last night, I self-served. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Just grab a bottle of wine and help no, yourself. No, I just, there was a... Uh, Whiskey. They had that Montera beer. I grabbed one of those. How about this? You know, I, and this is something I saw talk about um, minor league experience. Went to Toledo, Ohio, and oh. to a restaurant there, and I saw for the first time, this is probably seven, eight years ago. The Toledo Walleyes or the, the, the Mudheads? This is the Toledo Walleye. All right. And, the, and it was their first season. At one of the restaurants, they had, instead of like a soda dispenser, uh, a, a soda fountain, they had wine and you could choose from the wine bottles uh, Shane and I know I guess, place, uh, I guess that, that Mona Lisa. we'll time. take you to Mona Lisa right, when, we visit, uh, when we visit Winnipeg you know what Duva means in Italian right no of the grapes does it really it does you're Italian no, I didn't know you were Italian. Well, who told you? That? <laughs> oh, I figured out when he bought the Camaro. That's why. You, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's why you like the red. There you go. <laughs> so, if you were at the game last night, um, before the game, um, obviously the, we talked about the emotional ceremony, but uh, before, just I, yes. I want to help you preface this okay. because the Fire other away. day I'm at the office, yes, and I'm about to go and watch practice, and I walk through what is I. You know, I guess it's a closed set, uh, but uh, you know, I'm a big deal. I go where I want, <laughs> and uh, I walk through, and there's Nighy get jumping up from a desk, and he's got no pants on. Well, he's common. in his underwear. I still haven't slept. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, into so, your brain now. Exactly. So, but so I don't ask any questions because I don't want to know. I don't want to know why no, Shane Nighy is no rolling one. around the office. I wasn't in, rolling in his underwear. He was seated. I, 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 for well, a while. I don't want to know why. So I take that away, and then yes. we go to the game last night. So Please here's take what happened. Over. Yeah, so we, we have, we're filming our, our entertainment team asked us to film a segment about <laughs> with Carrot Top is part of, part of this, right? Where it's basically the rules that we want fans to follow in the rink. You know, don't do this. Don't you know? This is the code of conduct. Is yes. That's the yeah. official term for it. The NHL code of conduct. So Carrot Top's breaking all the rules in his segments. So what we had to do, we sat at a basically it looked like an anchor desk, yeah. I guess, right? And we're in shirt, tie, jacket, the whole bit, and we're we're reacting to what we're seeing of Carrot Top breaking all the rules. And ninety every time right? they come back from. Top breaking we're one just, of these rules. His he, he stole the show. Ninety was yeah. no, you no, were no, you were no. excellent, Dave. Uh, no, no. You were excellent. <laughs> that was very good. But ninety coming back with the the, the pained expression disgusted. on his face. Yeah. I'm shocked. Absolutely I'm disgusted. shocked. That, yeah, the, right. those were my uh, those yeah, lines were, was. Those, yeah, was. those lines are excellent. <laughs> so near the end of it, so we, we I don't know. There was a segment where I held up a carrot top shirt yeah. and somebody threw you a DVD. And then it just kind of went from there. We said, well, how should we, like, and we should end this thing, right? This is when our creative acting yeah, really so came out, you yeah, know, it, ideas it, flow. Those two geniuses, oh, right? So, uh, <laughs> They're taking themselves a little too right? seriously here, eh, So Dan? we'll take it from here, right? So <laughs> we, Summer stock with it. Shane Knighty and, and <laughs> Dave Gosher. <laughs> so Sheriff says, uh, you know, because the running joke on TV is that all that matters is what you look like is from the waist up, right? You know, especially if you sit behind the desk, it doesn't matter, right? I got that going for yeah, me. Yeah, so... <laughs> Which is nice. So, uh, so Sheriff says, what about... <laughs> what if I, if I took my pants off? And I'm like, well, I, whatever works for you, you know? So... I have no problem making an ass so, of myself. <laughs> apparently. Um... And then the carrot top shirt, which is like a size, what do you call it, medium? Yeah, like it's a well, small medium. Being right? generous. Yeah. So, so well, it'd be great if you put it on me, put it on over my shirt and tie. Yeah. So the last segment is 
it's all right. They they do the what's the you know the action the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, board yeah. there right. So, all right, guys, great job. That was uh, that turned out great. So I'm so enamored with my carrot top T-shirt. Like Nides is, I, that works. I think that was good, Dave. That was good. That worked well. And I'm not even looking at. It. I'm not even paying attention to it. I'm just so, so normal. All the yeah, <laughs> all the sparkles on the shirt, and it's great. So he gets up from behind the desk. <laughs> And he's he's got nothing but boxers on, and he walks away. And I'm like, oh, and so that well, was the final segment. Well, it's unprofessional. After what we just yeah. saw from Carrot yeah. Top, and now you he's with the shirt me on, I'm unprofessional, done. and yeah. he's sitting there with no pants on. Yeah. And <laughs> here's the other part, Gary. You were not the only one that walked through that closed area. Oh, yeah, there's a little tense one. There was a, the general manager of the hockey team walked through a couple of times. Boy. So George McFeeco's by like, oh, my God. He Fortunately, he didn't see. Yeah, I know. I was kind of, I kind of just stayed seated behind the desk for that one. <laughs> It's like he felt like I was at the back of the class, and the teacher's about to ask me a question. Oh, so now you, hide. All right. So, so that's some of the backstory of how that was so shot. I'm uh, driving to in that in that area, that closed area. We kind of filmed I'm, the whole thing. I'm driving to work this morning, and one of my responsibilities is to come up with a couple of topics for our podcast that are non-hockey related. So. Uh, uh, after seeing this great comedic work, uh, I yeah. thought we would uh, kick that around. Uh, your uh, your favorite comedic role in a movie, Shane? My favorite comedic role, say, Fletch. He's going to say Shane Knight. Fletch. Chevy, uh, yeah, Chevy well, Chase, Fletch. I love Chevy Chase in Vacation, the first Vacation. Yeah, just, he's good in so many, but... Uh, yeah, he's... Fletch. Uh, and okay. Vacation. All right, and what do you got? <clears throat> I got lots. Can I... Uh, yeah, can well, I sort of... You can, you can give a number of it. Yeah, I, 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 I can't help, even though I'm a sports broadcaster can i go too far from bob uecker as harry doyle and yeah, major league, league. Just, right? a, just a bit outside dynamite drop That's in right. monty that broadcast school's really paying off <laughs> you know i mean bob uecker was terrific in mr belvedere but i really think he mr. shined Belvedere. in major league how about you well man uh robert de niro in not in uh, the fokker series he was very good in those as well but uh no in uh, midnight run him oh, and uh, oh, yeah. yes. charles charles groden uh, mm-hmm. they uh, mm-hmm. the two of them were uh, were brilliant and then i did mention earlier i uh, so i guess i wanted to do favorite roles and then i wanted to do favorite lines and my two favorite comedic lines are chevy chase in uh, in Caddyshack, Bill Murray says, uh, "Hey, uh, you got a nice place there." He goes, "Yes, Carl. We've got a pond and a pool. The pond would be good for you." That's one of my all-time faves. And then Rodney Dangerfield is falling in love with the English teacher in uh, in Back to School and says to her, "Hey, do you want to go for dinner?" I have class, and his response yeah. is, call me when you have no class. That, well, that, that was sort of the history of my dating life. Call me when you have no class. <laughs> and I know we're running short on time. The other one I would just throw in there, and it's it's from the uh, Christmas vacation, is Randy Quaid. Oh, Randy <laughs> And I can't say it on the, on the pod, even on the podcast, but he's, he's in the motorhome. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas. Blank's full. He's yeah, empty in the... Oh, yeah. It's just too good to be true. <laughs> it's, Merry Christmas. Hey, uh... All right, we're going to do our fact check with uh, Dan Duva. And again, Dan, we're, we're, we're kind of running out of time here. So but it, it, what did we screw up? Uh, you know, once again, you have impressed. I will just be ultra precise. And, and we know that statistics in hockey are important, but they're also precise. Because as John Adams once 
said, uh, facts are stubborn things. I think we're going to so, get a John Adams reference in the first. Do you know who John Adams was? <laughs> Sheriff? I'm looking up Ron Burgundy lines. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, are my favorite. Don't act like you're not impressed. John Adams, doesn't he make a winter ale? <laughs> that would be his cousin Samuel Adams. Yeah, well, nice I know try. him. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so earlier we referenced James Neal, and uh, we, we had a couple of guesses at his uh, shooting percentage, and, and Gary was, uh, was on, but not... 100% on. James Neal is shooting 45.5. Oh, well, that's important. Percent. So that extra point hey, especially five. Especially if he's going to be sucked. I can't believe you would do guy. that. Hey, you, you, that asked, awesome. hey, you asked. Don't, don't yeah. stutter on Friday night because I'm going to be all over you. That's key, key fact. That's if you wanna, you're doing color on the radio, you got to have that down. These these little things, power right? Plays. 45.5. Yes. yes. Really? 0.6%. Well, it's just like a power play. I've they, got a DVR on my TV, too, pal. i got a stats guy. I usually wind it, I wind it up or down. So around, my around that. wrong. <laughs> so that's uh, five goals on 11 shots for James Neal. Works out to 45.5. We mentioned uh, that Marc-Andre Fleury he has that stellar 9.63 save percentage so far. And we also mentioned that, no, his career save percentages is not top five. Do you know where he does rank among? Active goalies. Oh, second. No, I don't have a clue. Twenty <laughs> second. No, yeah. not twenty close. second. You're close. And the number is is point nine one two four. Yeah, it's not. It's four. not. Right. It's not. It's the analytics crowd will right. point to that number and say he's he's not elite. How many wins does he have? Uh, we could pull that up and find out, but it's a heck of a lot. All with the Pittsburgh Penguins, with the exception of three. Yeah, winning is winning cups, How many cups does he have? Three. So, Duva, you you looked up that stat, but you didn't look up the second stat that I referenced. <laughs> Which the, was his uh, winning percentage, yes, uh, and I was looking for that, but uh, didn't come up as quickly as I would have hoped. I had wins, but uh, not winning percentage as, uh, well, as it wins? breaks down. So uh, I already closed it. Sorry. This, wow. does, this this down, is, does this go down? Does this go down? Now this is an, an error. Is unbelievable. I want to say he's got three hundred and. Um, 78 now. Oh, are you going to take bets? I think he had 375 with Pittsburgh. You're exactly right, Dave. <laughs> oh! 378. Where does, that, done. Where, where does that rank? Uh, well, Here's amongst active, it's got to be right near the top. Yeah, the uh, and it's it's 378 wins and only 216 losses. Yeah, uh, so yeah. very I'll very take, impressive. Yeah, that, that's the that's the number that I that I look at, and people will say, "Oh, well, he played on a great team." Well, sure. Um, no Mark Andre Fleury last year. The Pittsburgh Penguins don't win the Stanley right. Cup. They won 16 Absolutely. games in the playoffs. Yeah. He won yeah. nine of them, right? Yeah. So, um, anything else we messed up, Dan? I think that uh, you that guys are once again right on top of uh, right on top of it. I'll just That'll throw one change. more number in, and that is what we talk about: James Neal and his uh, 45.5 shooting percentage. Uh, any guess at his career shooting percentage? It's a. It's not forty five point five. Eleven. It is twelve point two. Very good guess, nice. Gary. Twelve point two five six eight. Okay, there well, you go. And it's now we'll go. Two hundred and forty three goals on one thousand nine hundred and eighty eight oh, wow. shots. You had a little free time over there. Yeah. Well, you guys I like it. Just so yapping up about the underwear. Third on active wins. Do you know who's ahead of him? Mm. There you go. Carey wow. Price? No. No. Uh, Roberto Luongo. Oh, yeah. Well, you're looking Lou. at my screen. Roberto Bobby Luongo. Luongo. <laughs> oh, you're a cheater. You're one of those I, kids in school. I can't see. And one other one. <laughs> Have you seen these Coke bottles I wear when I'm reading? <laughs> uh, Luongo's number one. Henrik Lundqvist. Yep. Oh, yeah. There, there you go. go. There you go. Then Fleur, not bad company. And no. after that's Ryan Miller. 
There you go. Awesome. So that's it for our first podcast. Sheriff, lawman, some guy named Dave. Hashtag SLGND. And our thanks uh, to everybody. Sheriff, lawman, Dan Duva, Eric Tosi sitting by, uh, watching us, making sure where we, we do the, this on uh, time here. Where's the case of uh, Foley Family Wine? I don't know. I don't, well, you're we, in charge of the reeds. Oh, he is now. Yeah, you're got, in charge, of, just so you're in charge of the reeds. You're in charge oh, of, the, of the swag. He's got the card for it, actually. Last night we I, did a couple next of sweet podcast, appearances. So, uh, yeah, yeah, go. go uh, he's we, got the contact. We met somebody last night that's the biggest distributor of Foley Family Wines in the state of Nevada. Did you get his card? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I ripped it out of his hand. <laughs> you, 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 know, you know we work for Bill Foley. Yeah. You don't have to go to the no, distributor. You can go to the man. Bill Foley doesn't need to hear from me. This is what well, yeah, dude, he doesn't I, need I, me yeah. bothering him. I held him yeah. down. Yeah. Dave grabbed the card and we ran. <laughs> he put him in you, a jer- you jerseyed the wine yeah, guy. Yeah, we're, That's we're great. Well, we, have, we hit our stride here in the last five minutes. Yeah, the last five minutes have been good. The first 55 are medium. Mr. Slate's, Mr. Slate's going to make us redo this right after. That's the hook. Hey, we're going to be here until three in the afternoon. You get the day off, guys, after the podcast yeah. is complete. Yeah. Well, the best sad news is you got to do it again. Once we got off hockey, get, get comfortable. <laughs> we should get into talking booze. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it our first podcast. And um, I'm not sure when the next one is. It'll be soon enough, though. I think we're going to do these every uh, every once in a while. Every couple of um, uh, two a month. Is that right? Sounds good. So next we, time we, we talk we to you. Listen, we may never do another one. <laughs> let's stop, this. Let's not plan well, the second one, okay? What a failed experiment this was. <laughs> yeah, leave comments. That's what you're supposed to do with the podcast, right? Leave comments. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, we're supposed to tell people that. Be kind. But, uh, no, we appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time here on hashtag SLGND.